Welcome to the Neil Haley Show, simulcasted on your beautiful day here on the Gratitude Radio Network. And always, every week, we have such amazing guests. So I'm excited to welcome our program, my co-host, Jen Ma. Jen, how are you? Hey. Hey, everybody. Doing good. Hope everybody had a really good week. And with me today is my life coach, Pearl Sharenza. Hey, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Saturday or whatever day you're listening to us. I'm so excited. Um, this is really, I was sharing earlier before we popped on, this is kind of very dear to my heart um, because this guest from where the show she's been on was something I watched with my mother-in-law since the first episode. So I'm very honored to, to bring it back to you, Jen, so you can induce our amazing guest. <laughs> Well, she's no stranger to the entertainment world, and she's models, she's acted, she just wrapped up her movie, Heaven's Revenge. She has a web series, Misadventures of Catherine, and I feel like I need to give her a rose just being with her. So I am talking about the ever-gorgeous and glamorous Lenise Adams. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jen. Very nice to meet you, ladies. You look beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. And Lenise and I were talking off air for your fans. How have you been surviving the pandemic? Give us an update. Well, I've been working out quite a bit, and that's just to keep my nerves down and uh, keep my energy up. And then I've been working a lot. You know, instead of vegging out and watching TV, uh, like it could be easy to do. I've just turned my focus into positive things like reading, writing, and creating. Very nice. I agree. That's, That's what I've been doing. I've been going into creativity as much as possible to keep me sane. Exactly, because it's easy to get lost in your thoughts or in the uncertainty and the fear. There's just so many things that can get you down. I find that being creative, positively creative, is keeping me sane. <laughs> right. That, that is, that's so true. I, yeah, I, um, I was working with a young girl yesterday. I had to um, move some people around. I had a young girl, she's 17, and she was like really struggling with going back to school and everything's changing. And so, you know, we talked about getting out because she hasn't really been able to go out. I'm like, even just get outside, go for a walk. You know, it's just so important to keep yourself moving and positive things to help you through this. Absolutely. I've been suggesting that to everyone that I know, even on my social media, the importance of getting out and getting some fresh air. Obviously, you want to do it safely, but it's just, it makes all the difference. It definitely makes all the difference, and it's hard because we go into this this new normal, as I always hate to say, and it just it's so hard to get used to and what we're doing and all that. So go ahead, Jen. I know you have your first question. No, it is. It's one yeah. of those things. But I want to go back, and I'd like for you to um, talk to our listeners about where you grew up and how the industry inspired you to be where you are now. Sure. Well, I grew up in Los Angeles, California, and uh, not too far from Hollywood. And so I was always intrigued by the bright lights and excitement. I would just drive over to Hollywood and kind of just check it out and breathe in the air. And I started acting when I was young. When I was in third grade, I um, got the leading role in my school play and I still remember performing that night and giving the audience a laugh. 
And so throughout my childhood, I always performed, whether it was at school. And um, once I became an adult and it was time to pick a career, there was really nothing else that I would rather do than to pursue my dream of acting and performing. Wow. I think that that's uh, Pearl. I think she hit where exactly where she wanted to go in life and having that, that, that focus. And I'm interested to learn more about that focus. And Pearl, that's huge, right? Especially at a young age when you're able to uh, finally find your passion. It makes life easier than if you're, you're aimlessly trying to figure things out. It's so true. I, um, cause I work with the women I work with. One of the things we're trying to start and bring together with some other business with female business owners is it's really important to bring it to the school. So if we can teach young girls or even young men, you know, through the high school about really what is it you want to do, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a doctor, whatever that is, that dream that you have. If it's a passion now, let's find it. Just like Lenise knew when she was young, this is something, this was her path. So, and then how can we help them get there, you know, through schooling, through mentorships? It's really awesome when you can identify what your path is. Um, Because some kids, they don't have that opportunity or that mentorship to know where they want to go. And they struggle for like the first four or five years out of school. And it's like, they finally get the aha. This is my passion. This is what I want to do. So I think it's amazing that you, you identify that at a young age, Lenise, and you've gone forward with that. Um, So my question is, how did that bring you to when you you, know, you hear so much things in the industry. So when you are going and you're looking for those things that you want to do, like how do you determine what's the best project for you to do? Well, when I was younger, you know, I would do any project that was offered to me. You know, as an actress, you kind of just want to work and you want to build your resume. So I would really do anything back then. And that's kind of how I ended up doing a lot of dating shows and And I ended up being offered The Bachelor because people really kind of like my personality. They thought I was fun and funny. But um, now as I'm older, I like to do more roles that I feel a connection to, uh, something that uh, can be teachable, either make someone laugh or cry. Um, Just something uh, positive is how I choose my roles now. What did you learn from the earlier roles and not counting The Bachelor from before that, that helps you today in choosing the roles that you want? Well, you know, it used to be that I'd get an audition and I would read the materials and it was just something that I didn't even connect to or didn't want to audition for. And then I would go in and I wouldn't do my best performance because there was no connection. So now if I get something uh, across my desk, I will take a look at it and see if it's something that I really feel like I can bring uh, myself to. And if so, then I'll move forward. But if it's something that I don't think is the best fit for me, then now I'll just go ahead and pass on that audition instead of wasting their time and wasting my time. I think that's amazing because I think even in somebody like me who's not an actress but isn't a business owner, that's, you know, that's really how I approach my business as well. Like I have clients, um, a few years ago, I totally pivoted what I do and I knew I was going to increase my prices and I knew where I wanted to go. And I actually was in a contest um, about a year ago. It was a men and women in business contest. It was like a beauty contest but for business owners. 
And one of the questions I got asked, you, you walked in a room of like 15 business owners. You didn't know what the questions were being thrown at you. And one of the questions that I was asked is, what did you do to change your business and how did it affect? And I said, well, I totally did a pivot. And in pivoting it, I changed my prices. I almost doubled my prices. Mm-hmm. And the question then, the follow-up question, well, did you lose? And I said, actually, I lost the customers that, I, that weren't the right fit for me. And I gained the customers that were the perfect fit for me. Absolutely. I actually experienced that same thing because I have a soap line. It's called Fountain of Youth Bath and it's organic. Um, It has minerals. It has aromatherapy. I mean, there's so much goodness in it. And my prices, I started off low in order to try to get more customers. But what I realized is I wasn't able to make the best product at that price point. So what I had to do was go up a little bit on my prices so I could put more goodness in it and the right customers came along, you know, and, and that I think is how we have to live life too. We have to, you know, set our boundaries, set our goals, and then just try to try to collect the people who are meant to be there. And that's the pivot that you talk about. And Jen, that's a challenge to figure out that because you think you have the right plan in place, but you have to monitor and adjust, which I've learned as a teacher. And now where I'm trying to expand my business further by not just being me and my digital marketing and tech company and saying, okay, now I have to really look at the right people. Where are my real weaknesses and be willing to hand it off to other people. And Jen, that shift, you see it as, as a business owner as well, is a challenge because you, you constantly think, I, I, had the, I had it right then, but then that eureka point says, no, I don't, right, Jen? Oh, yeah, and that's discernment, you know, and that's what Lanise is talking about. And as an actor, um, I can attest, especially with her being in L.A. and growing up around the industry and in the industry, um, you know, we're used to the catacalls. You're used to going to that. And as an actor, just trying to get at your foot in the door, you'll do whatever, not with whatever, but, you know, you're, you're willing to yeah. go the extra several miles if you're in L.A. Um, yes. <laughs> you're willing yes. to go across wherever mountain you have to go through to get in front of a person so that you can finally get to the point where, Lenise, you are now, because now you're discerning <laughs> not just in your, not just in acting of what roles you want, this is what I'm going for. You're putting it out in the universe. It's coming back with you. And, and tell us about Heaven's Revenge. Tell us about the movie that you just got done wrapping up. Well, Heaven's Revenge is a project that I, I wanted to do because I wanted to show the different parts of a woman's personality. Um, you know, we can be funny. We can be sexy. We can be, um, you know, upset. We can be emotional. And so this movie takes the character Heaven over an arc where she's happy. um, She doesn't want to fall in love. The guy convinces her to give him her heart, which she does reluctantly. And then he breaks it. So she goes through a depression. But at the end of that, you know, she doesn't take it lying down and she comes back and she gets revenge, which is why it's called Heaven's Revenge. And so that project was just fun for me to just show the audience that arc. And hopefully also men can learn, too, that 
if a woman's doing okay on her own, you should maybe let her be if you don't have the best intentions for her. And so they got to see that up close and personal. Um, so that was that was a real fun project for me. And we shot it up in the Hollywood Hills at a beautiful mansion. So the scenery is beautiful. And then I had a good friend of mine, Paul Stewart, who is an Oscar winning music supervisor. He helped me with the music. So we've got great music, great wardrobe, and a great storyline. Wow. I love the storyline. I think it's, it's so true. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the other part of that story that's there, too, is that we as women, sorry, Neil, <laughs> is understanding <laughs> that, that we don't need, you know, you don't need a, a, a partner, a male partner. You don't need a partner, you know to lift you up as you as an individual female, you know, you are powerful. And just like we share here on our show that, you know, we're full of gratitude and having the right person that recognizes that and then wants to lift it up. I mean, next Friday, I'm celebrating 34 years of marriage and I have the best husband in the world. I'm very blessed because no matter what I do, he lifts me up and he promotes me. And even if it fails, he still finds the silver lining in what I was doing. So wow, I want someone like that. Does he have a brother? No, unfortunately, no, he doesn't. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but the point know, right? is I've always been lifted up. And that's what I want to work with my women is, and young girls is that, you know, you don't need anything but yourself and what you pour into yourself and you manifest is what you're going to bring back. And then just be happy and thankful for what that happens. And then I have a lot of women that I'll coach to go, well, I want a man in my life. I'm like, okay, well, you're, here's your first homework. Go tell me what he looks like. What is he doing? Um, you know, does he have a job? Is he married before? Like, they're like, really? Well, yeah, I want to know what it looks like. And then you start manifesting it, you know. But the point is, you don't have to have that person to be successful. And you've proven that. Well, yeah, I finally, thank you, by the way. Um, I finally had to just kind of take my my own life into my hands and not wait for I, I used to be the type of person that when I got into a relationship, I sort of just follow behind them like a puppy dog. And I would completely change my whole life for that man. But what I realized is a lot of men for one don't necessarily want that. And for two, when that relationship ends, you don't know who you are anymore. And so I had to change that about myself and figure out who I am, what I want, who I want to be, and then, you know, pray and manifest a partner that can complement that for me. And see, I'll add my male point of view in this conversation. Uh, when is the view calling me to say, hey, we need a man like you on the view? But the, but the, <laughs> Point I'm the point I'm making. I agree with you, but it goes the other side as a man too. If you don't have the right partner in place uh, that's going to support you throughout the good times and bad, regardless and failure, that too is a problem. So it's finding that cup, the power couple to really see each other for their weaknesses, but understand that we can build each other up to help them get to where they need to go. We always look at the one person as, hey, that's the person that's going to do all this while the other person is going to be in the background. And it could be where it's a very strong woman and the man's there and the man's like, okay, I'm just cool where I'm at. That's not good either. We really want to have two that are really trying to grow their relationship, but also grow as individuals to grow their personality and their, and their, and I guess their overall, uh, you know, 
prestige, whatever it is, accomplishing things that really make them passionate. Would you agree on that? So that's the thing. So it goes both directions. It's not just the, the females can't find males like that. Males sometimes can't find females like that that really build them up instead of tear them down. Yeah, Neil, that's a good point. I have two boys that I'm raising, and um, so my oldest is 23, and my youngest will be 21. And that's a that's the thing that I've always have instilled and brought to them is like, whoever it is, the person you meet, you guys need to be equals. Let you know, lift each other up. If you have a dream you want to do, then you do that. But also lift up her with her dream, and you know, it's not a control thing. It's how do we equally support and, and each other, and also achieve our goals together, even when they're individual goals. Great. And so, Lenise, I guess to the the point being as some not approachable being someone that was on the bachelor meaning very good looking is it harder when guys to come up that really have a chance to say i have a chance to date you <laughs> well thank you for that by the way um you know i tend to get guys that do approach me uh to date me but i think I, I'm, I'm, I'm super picky. I got to admit it. You know, I like a really funny guy. I like a really smart guy. Um, I like an older man um, because, you know, I lost my dad when I was one year old. And so my relationships tend to be a little bit more where my, my boyfriend is the leader. So, you know, I, I get a lot of young guys that kind of want to date me, but they're just, not, it's that dynamic does not feel good to me. So I do get approached, but I not by the right one. I'm just, you know, I've had some great relationships and I'm hoping that this next one is the perfect one. <laughs> oh, I hope so for you too. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us about The Bachelor. Were you, were you drawn to him? Were you, did you have like it just looks so magical on the show because that's what they're, they're doing, right? This is like Disney for dating. So and I, yes. in real life, in real life, of course, you know, does it even, does anybody come close to doing anything that happens from The Bachelor? Have you had any of those like, oh my God, now the room is filled with roses and, you know, are <laughs> flowers like they should be, you know? Well, I will be honest. Um, I've been a little lucky, I guess, because I'm in LA. Um, the guys that I've dated have all been very successful. And um, so that dynamic I have had, granted, not like on The Bachelor where your first date, you're taking a private jet to <laughs> Vegas on the gondola, you know, playing blackjack and drinking champagne on the first date. That was spectacular. Um, but that, yeah, that was a, an amazing uh, time. It was just mind-blowing how, you know, you wake up one day and then you're in a limo, you're going to the mansion, you meet this wonderful guy. And Alex was. He was smart. He was funny. He was kind. Uh, attractive, a good kisser, which I found out first, having the first ever kiss. Uh, so it was quite magical. And actually, when it's all over and you get sent home, that is just sort of depressing because it's like, oh, man, now I'm back to, you know, this silly apartment. And uh, I want to live in the mansion with The Bachelor. 
So <laughs> that was a tough adjustment. <laughs> Every woman wants to live in a mansion with the bachelor. <laughs> yes. Come we all on. want that. But I was that close. <laughs> I was so close, so close. You know, but then who do you date after that? It's like the guy, this one guy wanted to take me out for chili, and I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> Vegas <No>. chili. <laughs> We're not going this to chili for chili. <laughs> this is not going to work. You know, do it, spice it up a little bit. <laughs> I guess I'll have to ask the next question. No, from that experience, and uh, we've heard the story, and that's the challenge that happened. Your experience on The Bachelor was fantastic. But then when you went, there was no real problems on the set or any of this stuff Correct. like that. You had, a, you had a great experience, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and that um, – that I, which is why I didn't really speak out a lot earlier about what I went through after the show, only because I absolutely love the producers of The Bachelor and I love that whole experience. It was life changing. I don't have a negative thing to say about uh, any of them. And so I didn't really want to, uh, to have what happened to me afterwards reflect negatively on the show or on them it was it was genuinely just my experience um one just having to deal with the sudden fame because it was season one and we didn't know that 20 million people were going to be watching so you know one day i'm a struggling actress trying to you know read any script available and the next day when i walk outside of the house literally everyone wants to talk or take a picture and that was different and then also the the negative stuff that I read online from some people who thought that because I was black you know I shouldn't be dating the bachelor who do I think I am and why would he pick her and you know why is she wearing that and that was really tough it was for a 23 year old uh, girl it just tore me down and um, I didn't have any coping mechanisms the way I do now. So I ended up going through a deep depression um, afterwards. So it was, uh, you know, it was just like I hit, you hit the ground floor and you have nowhere to go but up once you make it through that. Wow. So that, um, that's, I mean, it's so like, it's so night and day. Like you, you describe it. I felt like I was like right there with you and the way you described it. And so I know it, you know, how did you, because you didn't have coping mechanism. So tell us some of the story to go from where you were there to where you are today. Like, how did that change? And cause there's people that are listening that are probably sitting in the same place where they're like, I feel, I feel you. Cause I could just feel you in that story. And so yeah. for the people that are listening to right now, and he's like, walk them through what you've been through and then where did you turn, you know, what the journey was to pull you and ride the mountain and climb the mountain up to where you are today? Well, you know, once I, I did start going through depression and um, I had a friend who wasn't a real friend who offered me a pill to make me feel better. And that ended up into uh, an addiction to uh, medication. I was self-medicating. And I wasn't eating. And so I ended up in the hospital. And I, you know, they, 
I was in the hospital and I, you know, was, I would say near death, you know, and the only thing in my mind at that time was how I was alone and none of the people who I had put ahead of me, their opinions, you know, I had always just based my opinion of myself on everyone else, but here I am alone. None of them are here. It's just me. And that was a breaking point. It was me. I called on God. I was like, God, help me. And, um, you know, they gave me something to put me to sleep. And when I woke up, I just started the journey of, okay, how did I get here? How am I going to get out of here? I started journaling a lot to get in touch with my feelings. Um, I started reading a lot of self-help books. I realized that I didn't have any self-love. I realized that I didn't, you know, I just didn't understand life and that I needed to love myself. I needed to have confidence. I needed to uh, realize that life isn't going to be perfect. Everyone's not going to like you. All of the things that I should have known but I didn't know, I started finding them out through lots of reading. And I just started working out, you know, taking a walk. And the two main books that I will say really changed my life, one was The Art of Worldly Wisdom, uh, because since I grew up without a father and um, my mom was young, I realized I didn't have a lot of life skills. No one really taught me these things. And so what I found in the book, The Art of Worldly Wisdom, there was 300 maxims that helped me learn about life, like, okay, how to how to take those things that come to you and just how to live and thrive and then also the four agreements you know don't take things personal all of those things uh eventually just helped me grow into a person who was on more solid ground so that when you get pushed you don't get pushed over because we all get pushed but it's about being able to take those pushes and still keep going. So I would say reading and journaling uh, eventually got me out of that hole. And also reading about other people who experienced these things that came through it. I remember reading about Fergie and uh, other artists that experienced these rough times and now they're just thriving. So I knew it was possible. So sometimes when things get to that point of depression, it's from a dr dramatic experience that happened to you. Uh, and then going to childhood before that, but thinking of that thing is all the, so I think it's the euphoric situation that you're in on the bachelor. You're, mm -hmm. you know, you know, this unbelievable opportunity experience, you make this connection. It doesn't work out. You're sent home. And then the flood of the, of the media hits you because you are like, well, how I'm now back to normal. I'm back to where I'm at. I wanted to be here and now I'm not here. And mm -hmm. that led to getting depressed and down and upset. But it was there a childhood experience that you, could be the trigger from then to now where the, where finally it just hit you, the depression? Well, yeah. You know, my father, he died when I was one year old. And my mom was only 19 when she had me. So, you know, I didn't have uh, a very loving 
home that I that I grew up in. My mom did love me, but you know, she just I just I was I just felt alone. I think I just felt alone and and it it was it was I might I wasn't I wasn't secure in who I was because the other girls on The Bachelor, they experienced a tough time too, but none of them went to quite where I went. And I was the only one who had lost a parent, who had teenage parents, who, you know, so although I was intelligent and I, you know, I had a great education, when it came down to life skills, I just didn't have those coping mechanisms. And I didn't have anyone to talk to. So it was sort of the perfect storm of everything was now uh, felt terrible. And it didn't have to be that way because as an actress, I was getting phone calls and auditions and movies. My career at that time uh, would have been taking off if I hadn't been dealing with all of the inner turmoil that I had. I just... I was afraid, I was sad, you know, I, I lost some of my confidence, you know, reading online when someone's saying, you know, who does she think she is, you shouldn't let that get to you. I know that now, but uh, stuff like that can, can bring you down if you're super sensitive and you don't have a good sense of self. So I really had to just start from the bottom and build myself up to be stronger. Like now people can say whatever they want and I can deal with that. And I should, I wish I was that way when I was younger, you know, but better late than never. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. You know, but at the same time, everything that you're saying, so many people who have gone through this year with COVID are experiencing all of that without yeah. mechanisms. And like you're saying, my parents were teenagers. My mom had two kids when she was 19. Right. Same as my mom. I was her second child. And what do you really know at 19? 
nothing. you know right you know especially right. in the 50s where you know everybody was drinking and smoking at 13 so Ex exactly exactly and, and so it's it nobody could understand the culture difference between you know now and then but it's just something it, it's hard to go through and that manifests for people in different areas of their life like if you've gone through COVID or if you've you know, gone through what you and I have that in common. Um, your coping mechanisms are really good, though. I have to say, I'm learning mine. I feel like I'm just now starting to learn my own coping mechanisms. Thank goodness for coping mechanisms. I mean, I get up, I go for a run, or I go for a walk. I journal religiously. That, I didn't realize how um, good that can be. But just like having a conversation with a good friend will help you uh, sort through some things, having a conversation with yourself on paper, getting your thoughts out, getting some clarity, helping you move forward with your ideas has been like night and day. It's been everything for me. So, yes, I think finding your, your positive coping mechanisms is important. We do a thing, um, it's called brain dumping. Um, so before you go to bed, I work with my, with my women and I'm like, get a piece of paper, write everything that's in your head, write this minute before you go to close your eyes, write it down and then throw it away. It's like, get it out of your head because they talk about they can't sleep, they're so stressed, there's so much on their mind, you know? And then in the morning, you write it again and it ends up turning into your to-do list almost for the day, you know? Exactly, so. yes. Yeah. Girl's good when it comes to all that stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> she, she definitely does. So what would you say? You said your turning point was basically you said, I'm going to make that change, right? It was not anybody else, Lanice, that helped you in that process, or is it pretty much just you? Absolutely. My turning point was recognizing that we're here alone, you know, and you and you hear and then I, heart, I started to hear it more after I recognized it. It's like, you're on this earth. You come into this world alone. I realized that I was a very codependent and that I needed to be more independent. And so I, I, I just started to work on being more, a more dependent on myself because no one, no one can teach you the lessons, you've got to go out and, and find them. You've got to do it yourself. You know, people can love you, but they can't learn for you. Mm -hmm. Well done. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. It was a hard, it was tough. I'm, you know, it's looking back, it, uh, it's interesting. I remember being in bed, just, you know, feeling... Uh, like I didn't know what was going to be next, just like I'm sure people have been with COVID, just not knowing what's coming next. And I just stayed positive and, and, um, that's the best thing you can do for yourself as well. You know, you have two choices. You can either, um, think positively or you can think negatively. So you got to make the choice to be positive. That's the best thing you can do for yourself, even when it's hard. What made you want to tell the story? Because that's, you said you didn't say stuff right when you went home. What made you right. want to tell the story? Well, I had wanted to tell the story a bit ago to um, help 
uh, anyone who was going through a depression or just to help people maybe be more kind to people on reality TV. But um, there wasn't really a way for me to tell the story that that was that would work. And I got a call from Women's Health Magazine right when my season was about to re-air uh, just a couple months ago. And they asked me about my experience on the show. And, and they thought it would just be all positive. But once I did tell them about, you know, what happened afterwards, they thought it was something that um, that should be shared more widely. And so it was actually kudos to Women's Health Magazine who wanted to share this story. I didn't reach out to them. They called me and, and reached out to me. I think that's awesome. There's so many layers of the story too and, and reading it too. So not just from the women's perspective, but also the backlash that you got that you've, you've been talking about here on the show. And then the other part is like, you know, by now, I mean, I have a son who was born of my heart and he's mixed race. And to watch what he goes through and, and it's like, when are we going to, you know, when are we going to go through this? You know, and it's just, it's like, you, know, you think you're just past it and then bam, it hits us in the face again. So where, where do you want to go with the platform from here? Like, where do you, what's your thoughts on moving forward and trying to get that message out a little bit more? Well, uh, growing up in LA, I, I always have friends of different races, you know, and I've always also dated outside my race in Los Angeles. It's a little bit, it's, it's much more common. Um, I think a good thing or a good platform that I have is to maybe just help be a light to people who don't see it as often, who may be in middle America and, and they don't recognize that we're all more alike than we are different. I don't want to um, like beat anybody over the head with, um, you know, you got to accept this or this or that. I really would like to do it in love. I really would like to just uh, be a good person and to say, look, I'm a good person. And, you know, we really need to judge people according to um, how they are. And so I think if I can be a good example then I've done my part. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Like having good conversations. Um, Jen and I have talked about this before. Like after everything started happening, I kept getting all these emails. And I'm like, my big thing back to everybody I would email, I would email them back and go, how long have you taken the book off the shelf for? Tell me what you're doing with the book after this goes past. Like what's the next chapter you're writing? And I would, like sometimes I'd get really good responses and if they didn't respond, I would unsubscribe them because I didn't want to do business with them if they couldn't answer that question. Absolutely. Tell me about the web series. Yeah. Well, the web series, oh my gosh, you guys will get a good laugh. It's called The Misadventures of Catherine and it's been to just be like funny comic relief. The first episode we just posted about two weeks ago, and it's called Angry Bird. And I play a notary named Catherine who goes to do uh, a notary at this couple's home, and their bird starts screaming obscenities because uh, I disturbed his sleep. So you can find that at... Um, the misadventures of Catherine.com and check out angry bird and we've got some more comedy things coming as well i'm doing one with my niece and our dog um who he becomes obsessed with beyonce so it's really just fun stuff to give people a little laugh 
That's great. Because you, you have a brand now, then you could use that platform for your other stuff and keep this going even during COVID. You're smart. You're continuing to create content when a lot of people shut down creating content. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I've been just keeping myself busy. And one of the ways I've been doing it is just being creative. It's like we can just sit back and watch TV. And, you know, that's a nice way to re to give yourself some relief. But for me, I like to be creative and be productive. So that's the way I've chosen to do it is just writing content, creating content and exercise and a glass of wine here and there. <laughs> glass of wine's always good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so Jen, um, any other questions for Lenise? Yeah, what do you wanna do after COVID's over and hopefully we're all out and about and back to where we used to be? Well, uh, I, I cannot wait until COVID's over. I mean, I, I miss seeing all the smiling faces. Everyone's just a little bit more down these days. So I'm looking forward to seeing my friends and, you know, everybody smiling. For me, I really hope to do some uh, TV, some films, have some fun um, in that aspect, and, and go on some dates. You know, I'm single during COVID, so I'm just stuck sleeping with the, the family dog, which is, you know, he's nice and all, but I'd love to go on a, a nice date once this is all over. Girl, I'm with you. I think we should make a <laughs> double date. I am yes. tired of being <laughs> home and single. It's like, what the heck do you do? And you're on The Bachelor. What advice <laughs> do you have? Give me advice. It's hard with COVID. There's really nothing that we can do. You know, I, I just, I'm working out so that once it's over, I can throw on my bikini and try to catch some action. You know, it's like, uh, I really don't know what to do. You guys tell me you're the professionals. I think you need to come to Florida because we don't have all those crazy restrictions you've got yeah. going on there in California. <laughs> Um, I was telling my mom this other day, I'm like, mom, just come on, I'll put you on a plane, come here. And then, you know, our beaches are open here. So, you know, we've got some of our scenes are open downtown at Ybor City. So, you know, we got plenty of place between Jen and I, we've got lots of room. So come on, Lenise, hop on a plane and we'll, we'll show you the town around here. <laughs> okay. Party in Florida. Party yeah. in Florida. See, that's exactly why we'll be, we'll be locked down for another <laughs> Florida. Don't say that. Florida. Yeah, exactly. That's why it all. Jen wanted to date. That's, That's all those crazy things you're hearing up in North. I ha I have a biggie question. So I I like to ask this question so often. So Lenise, um, thinking forward, thinking, what legacy would you want to leave behind when you um, when it's time to go and and leave a legacy behind? What what legacy have you thought about? You want to leave behind? Well, you know, when I'm all gone uh, away from here, what I would just like to be remembered for is uh, kindness and spreading joy and happiness, uh, empathy. I try to just uh, be a bright light, and I hope that I'm just remembered for all of those positive things. I, I never... I never want to be a person that, that brings negativity, negativity to you. I never want to be a person that brings negativity into the world. 
So I'd like to be remembered for being just a bright light for my little short blip while I was here. I think you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I yeah, hope yes. so. Yes. And uh, go ahead, Jen, with the gratitude question. She's an absolute gratitude goddess. Lenny, <laughs> do you have one um, moment or memory that you could share with us of gratitude? <sighs> well, I do. I try to be grateful all the time. I think when we're going through difficult times or having a difficult day, it's, it's helpful to think of five things we're grateful for in that moment. I'm sure you know about that. If I had to think about one thing that I was grateful for, yeah, I guess I would say I have some really great friends that I feel blessed to know. Um, you know, I, you know, we're all blessed with our family, but I'm really thankful and grateful for some people that God has put into my world that really help uh, keep me sane and keep me going, uh, whether it's just a phone call. Um, so I, I would say I'm grateful for the friends I've been blessed with that have helped me during my rough times. Great. That's beautiful. For sure. Where can we connect with you? The best places to connect, Lenise? Where, where can we go? Well, um, all of my handles are at Lenise Adams, and I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even a little TikTok. And then I have a website, LeniseAdams.com, where you can find out everything about me. So what TikTok videos are you doing? I was talking to another, <laughs> another person that's doing a one-woman show that she was on, Orange is the New Black, and I talked to her, and I said, she said, just started doing TikTok. I said, it might, again, if you're good-looking, TikTok's the place and can dance. TikTok's <laughs> the place you're creative and funny. All those things combined, that's where you can really blow up on TikTok. Anything yeah. so, what, what so far have you done that's been pretty interesting on TikTok? You know, I'm just getting started on TikTok. I'm more active on Instagram. On Instagram, I was just dancing the other day to some Janet Jackson. You know, on TikTok, I've got one dance video when quarantine first started and we were all antsy. I danced on TikTok. Um, but I got to get my TikTok going more. I'm really more active on Instagram. You can see me working out. You can hear my positivity. And yeah, and I was dancing to Janet Jackson the other day, which was really fun. So if you really want to see my personality, it's more on Instagram. Interesting. It's just the platform, and even though they're thinking of shutting down TikTok, but I doubt that. I bet you Microsoft will buy it. Uh, I really, really think that if you have, there's certain qualities that can be very successful on TikTok that you can blow I up. I think you're right. And, and especially with the Bachelor brand. Yeah. So start thinking that more, you know, uh, as a, as an opportunity, if you use some of your funniness from your web series and try to take over little pieces of that to TikTok, I reckon. That is the, that is the plan, Neil. Actually, that's the plan The ha the thing with angry bird, since that was a two minute skit, it was too long for TikTok, but I'm going to make sure to get them to one minute so I can get them on TikTok as well. So you're right. Are you on TikTok dancing or? I have one goofy <laughs> thing and I, I, I delete it because it waste, I, I waste too much time on it. I could stay on TikTok <laughs> for hours. There's an addiction factor with TikTok. And I oh. did it one time, three hours. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. And I was trying to figure <laughs> out how do you make this work? 
what is up with this TikTok? And I did two videos. They didn't do anything, but it's still up there. I guess if you Googled it, but I am not TikTok at all, but I can, I know the it factor for TikTok and what will oh, work, yeah. what won't work. And if you can blow up the videos, then guess what? It's a platform, especially if people you can bring over with your fan base. So yeah. that's thing. You take a fan base, take it to another platform. Like for example, you take, you know, YouTube becomes really huge for you then you're making a really good income off just YouTube. So it's just Absolutely. all about finding your audience, taking them to that right platform, and then you're set. And it's kind of identifying what platform it is. I agree to keep on all of them, but the one you do the very best, you spend all the time on. The others, you just are there, and you right. do stay active, but ultimately the one that's really doing well, keep blowing that up. It could be podcasting. Who knows? There's just so many different avenues to express ourselves. And that's one thing we can continue to do during the pandemic. It doesn't stop us there. I agree. I agree. All right. So we'll see more of her on TikTok. I bet you. All right, Jen, go ahead and close out. Uh, Thank you for that advice, Neil. Thank you. I'm going to call you and do a TikTok with you. Okay, I'm <laughs> cool with that. Let's do it. <laughs> I love that. We'll do a teaser for TikTok for your angry bird because that's hilarious. My sister has birds. My brother has birds. I refuse to have birds. I think they're great <laughs> outside. I don't like parking underneath them. I got an oak tree. I got to be careful how I park in my yard. There's no way I'm having birds inside my house. But <laughs> I'll eat them. I'm not caring for them. So it's, you know, I just, I just, I just can't, but I think that's hilarious because anything to do with birds, it's, you know. Oh yeah. It's pretty funny. I think I will put a teaser on TikTok and, and I'm definitely going to start putting more stuff on TikTok as well. Yeah. And then my brother, when he had one, I'll, and then I'll, I'll let you guys go. Okay. Um, but he had, he loved Beretta growing up. So we had this white cocker span, cocker span, <laughs> cockatoo. And he walked out into the living room and my mom's like, the fan's on. And he goes, oh, I've trained this bird. The bird goes into the fan, zooms oh, around the fan. Um, feathers, feathers go everywhere. And then it zooms. It's like a cartoon character, right? I mean, this is exactly like the cartoons we've seen growing up. And then it zooms on the back porch. Thank God the door was open. All the way to the end of the back porch. Hits the screen. Right? I'm talking like 50 feet or 25 feet at least. And hits the screen and goes down. Feathers are all over the place. Oh, now did he make it? Yeah, he made it. Okay, right. <laughs> that's a good like, end. Of the story. Now <laughs> Jen has to tell how how much gratitude she has for birds. Good, we oh, can. Oh my god, birds, yeah. they're hilarious. But yeah, I have a lot of gratitude. for Well, I want to thank you all. Thank you, Pearl. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Lenise. We've been talking today with Lenise Adams. She was on The Bachelor, Go and See Heaven's Revenge, and The Misadventures of Catherine. She's an amazing woman. She's a mother of gratitude in her own right, of a gratitude goddess. And we appreciate you spending time with us today. We hope that you have a beautiful week. And remember, you are loved, you are blessed, and you are sacred. Mwah. I love you. Have a beautiful day. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. 
spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download celebrity slots today. We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome to the program Jesse Graff of American Ninja Warrior and the Titan Games. Jesse, thanks for calling. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So tell me the difference, first of all, the obstacles regarding Titan Games versus American Ninja Warrior. What's the difference in like the types of uh, challenges, in your opinion, physically that you have to mm -hmm. deal with? Yeah, well, both of them will push you to your limits. But Ninja Warrior is very um, upper body grip strength. It's moving your own body through the environment in the most efficient way possible. Swinging, climbing, jumping, leaping, agility. Titan Games is much more grounded. Um, you're lifting and moving other objects around you. So I had to change a lot of my strength training to, to build that type of muscle. But you're also going head-to-head -head against an opponent. So even if you feel like you're pushing to your limits, on Ninja Warrior, you hit that limit and you fall in the water and it's over. And on Titan Games, you hit that limit and you just have to keep fighting and gritting it out and there's another person right next to you. So even if you're giving your all, you have to find that deeper level and keep fighting and fight harder. And through that, you're able to go beyond the limit that you thought you had. So that, that was... Uh, pretty exciting to do how inspired were you that the rock asked you to be one of the celebrity stars on the show to be one of the celebrity <laughs> athletes i was i was so honored especially because this was a type of challenge that i didn't think i would be good at and so to be selected was like wow if if he has this kind of faith in me maybe i'm capable of more than i thought and that's that's something that i always want to push and pursue and so the fact that I felt like this was a challenge that I might not be capable of was something where I really wanted to prove myself wrong and to change my training and see if it's a translation that I could make. And the strength that I've gained and the new abilities from pushing myself in a different way have been so empowering. And to see how strong these other competitors are from training in this, this type of way has been, it's opened my eyes to how much more is possible, and it's something that I want to continue to take with me in the rest of my training. And what do you feel the competitors that are not known, but are very talented, that you have to compete against? You're not taking them lightly, are you? Oh, no. No, they are incredible. They, they've really opened my, my eyes to what's possible. Um, but, yeah, I think it's so cool that they are a lot of them have like normal everyday jobs. You wouldn't necessarily know what they're capable of, but with that, they're able to balance a crazy amount of training and go so far beyond what we think of as possible and, and really show America that like you can do both. You can, you can be an amazing athlete and have an everyday job. And it was really inspiring to see how much they're capable of.
Well, everyone needs to be inspired, especially after the pandemic, slowly but surely. But everyone needs to be inspired by people like Jesse Graff. Tune in to the Titan Games Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC. And I appreciate it, uh, Jesse, for you stopping by. You're inspiring, and everyone needs to get that mode to get in shape. And you're one of those people that you inspire so many women and girls and everyone for your amazing feats. So I appreciate you calling. Thank you so much for having me. All right, take care, Jesse. See ya. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. You'll listen to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment.